You're listening to The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio, starring Dan Peck. Have you seen the card for the New Japan show tomorrow? It's going to be sweet. Eric Flores. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. And CKCC Radio's founder, Chris O'Mealy. Breaking news. I have a crush on Sasha Banks. Listen to CKCC Radio wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of The Nerd Table. I am Chris O'Mealy, and I am joined, as always, by Dan Peck. How's it going? And by Eric Flores. Hey, hey, hey. I say joined, as always, as if uh, we didn't do an episode like two weeks ago where none of you guys were here. <laughs> so it's it's not as always, but... As almost always. As almost always. So you're the main as host. The new norm. Yes. Uh, so yes, we are, we're coming to you. Uh, we Last time we came to you was, in fact, two weeks ago. Last week, you guys got your first batch of YouTube content, and we got some pretty positive feedback on that, which I was very happy to hear. So thank you guys for tuning in, and that's going to be the plan right now for the future, is we're going to alternate between video content and audio content every other week, see how that goes, and see if everything is still picking up. The only real hiccup we had was that the uh, we had the copyright strikes on the videos, which I knew was going to happen, but they got approved because they are done for reviews and reactions, and that is something that they can't strike us for. So they're like, well, you, we can't monetize this video. I'm like, yeah, I knew that. I already knew that going in. So, that was not the issue. The issue, of course, was, uh, just freaking do the thing. Just put it up. Yes, I know I can't make money off of it, but just put it up. So, Eric got to watch a wrestling match last week. And I, I think and you had a It was a, a lot of fun. Yeah, nice. I actually really enjoyed it. I think, I think a part of it was I got to watch it with you guys. And you explained some of the things that was going on. Because I, I, if you if you weren't there, I would have been like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's that's just like Eric. That was you and me all the time. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that was you as a coordinator. Guys, don't yeah, ask, don't ask me what's going on. How about the uh, music videos? If we freaked out Eric by making him watch Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. Dear God. <laughs> it's just like... I don't know. Both both those videos kind of freaked me out. <laughs> I was just like... Because then there was the puppets. Yeah, well, the one video literally gave me nightmares as a young child. Well, and now you get to have them again as an adult. No, I'm good now. <laughs> so we've had a lot happen in the la in the last two weeks, but very quickly, I want to give a shout out to our awesome patrons at Patreon.com/slash Club Kayfabe. A brand new patron named Phil Becker joined the ranks here, so I'd like to give him a shout out and welcome him to the ranks. And quickly shout out all of our patrons: also Robert Aitken, Brian Leon, Matthew Hardman, Roll, Randy. Adrian Cotton, 
Glenn Kukan, Jeff Winger, or Jay Winger, and Jeff T. Those are the patrons that have been supporting us financially since we launched the podcasting network. And it is because of their contributions that this show remains free to you and also ad-free, with the exception of our one awesome sponsor, which, of course, is Motivational Vacations. EmersonCotton.Teletravel.com. Plan your next trip with Emerson Cotton. He loves his job, by the way. Like, he, he genuinely enjoys doing this. And for the time being, and this is not going to be a forever deal, so you want to get in on this while you can, but you mentioned that you're booking through CKCC Radio. You're going to get a three-day, two-night getaway absolutely free. This guy works on commission, so you're not paying anything, and you're getting stuff for free. Why wouldn't you book your next vacation through him? So there you have it. Also, shout-outs to our awesome partner shows, including our newest partner, the IWEP Network. Mr. Anthony Blackwell Jr. putting out tons and tons of fun programming on this network. And also, shout-outs to the Blake and Sal Show, the United We Fan podcast with Mark and Brian, and our friend Tom Dickinson over on YouTube with the Watch Me Cook channel. So I actually did the plugs at the beginning of the episode for once. Maybe now nobody will turn us off at the end. By the way, if you're turning us off when I'm doing plugs or sponsor spots, you're a jerk because they're the reason why you're getting all this entertainment. So don't be that person. Do not be that person. All right. Don't be that guy. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Dan's been watching some Game of Thrones. I've been watching some stuff. I know you guys have been playing some stuff. Horizon Dawn came out. They just announced a new generation of Pokemon. They announced the new Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser at Disney. So what do y'all want to talk about? Uh, Eric, I'm going to let you pick the first topic this week. What do you want to discuss? Because there's a lot going on right now. Pokemon. Let's talk about Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they... I haven't played Arceus yet. I know you've got it. And uh, they are announcing another one. Uh, Scarlet but, and Violet are the new ones. It, what, what's it called? Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I was underwhelmed by Sword and Shield. Um, RCS mixed up the formula and shot some new life into it. Uh, so... My first immediate complaint is that they're still doing the two-game thing with Split Pokemon between the games. I understand that's become kind of a traditional thing, but I'm kind of over it now. And now at the point where, like, most people are buying both in a combo pack. Which means that they're not going to stop doing it, so. Which means they are paying $120 plus tax. Well, and that's why they're never going to stop doing that. So I'm not a fan of that, first off. Um... I also do wish I I like the graphical upgrades in the the new gen system, and I know that the Switch isn't really like as powerful as the other gen consoles that are out now. But I really wish that they would actually make a gritty looking Pokemon game. And I understand it's a Nintendo franchise, so they're not going to necessarily do that. But also, it's a, it's a game for babies. <laughs> I wouldn't say babies. We are not the target audience. <laughs> it's a younger crowd. 
What Pokemon's Pokemon? I just... I I agree with Sword and Shield being kind of underwhelming. Although I loved it, I just felt like... I have to give credit where credit is due. And I understand that they had to take almost... Uh, I don't know how many Pokemon are actually in that game. Like five or 600 Pokemon and put them in a, into a 3D model. So hopefully now that they actually have the 3D models that they need... Uh, the next set of games will actually be better. You know what I mean? Because I feel like a lot of the focus was just designing and, and making sure everything was good. Yeah, that could be a possibility. Who knows? It could I look like amazing when the time comes. Yeah. Uh, w- would you get Miss Scarlet or would you get Violet? Um, the Incredible. I don't- I'd actually Incredible have to I, I don't know anything about them, honestly, until Dan said it uh, something earlier. That's when I was just like, wait, what? And I, I haven't gotten a chance to kind of look over it. I've always been the person where if I get one, Rebecca's going to get the other. So I'm not worried about like version exclusives. What it comes down to me is like, which one has a better legendary? Um, because we're probably not going to trade legendaries. See, I would, I, I, I trade them and then trade them back. That's like, give it to me so I can fill up the spot, and then I'll literally give it right back to you. Did we not have names for the starting for the starters? No, we used to have pictures. So the leaf, the leafy type is a cat. Water type is a duck with a crazy haircut slash hat, maybe. And the fire type is like a weird uh, kind of Mario, looks... Mario villain. <laughs> it's a dragon with two legs, but he's like so little and big, little and fat. I might have to see what they're going to grow into before I make an educated decision there. However, uh, I'm a fire type first guy, so yeah. See, but that's the also thing. has like. Also has like a double stem on top of his head, like he's an apple or something. Alright, so let's let's quickly go through the uh the gens here. Gen one it was Charmander, Gen two is Cyndaquil, Gen three was Torchic, although I would have considered Mudkip. Gen four was the first time I didn't want the fire t- starter. I didn't play Gen four, but I would have gone with Piplup because Piplup's adorable and Chimchar didn't do it for me. Gen five didn't have the greatest choices. I actually didn't mind any of them, but I probably still would have went T-Pig. Just... Actually, you know what? I did play Gen 5, and I did go T-Pig, because fire. Uh, definitely Fennekin for Gen 6, even though you do get Greninja if you you stick out... Uh, what's it called? What's the first form? Froki. Froki, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a tough one. But then, of course, you had Litten, which would give you Incineroar in the next gen. So that would have been an easy one. And then gens, the last gen, I did pick Scorbunny because, again, fire. Yeah, I want Scorbunny. Now, I don't yeah. have anything against the grass types, of course, because I, I, most of them I do like, but they're usually just not my preferred choice. But I'm going to tell you guys up front right now, this might be a grass gen. Because Grass I don't Kitty. Know. 
I, I think... Or Donald see, Duck. Like, <laughs> for, for me, what, what Pokemon are rare in the game? And for the most part, it's always fire types. Like, it's really ridiculous and hard to get a good fire type. Well, water types are the actual most common Pokemon in the entire game. And that's something we realized a while ago. I was doing, uh, I was doing my, my little projects on social media where I'm, uh, picking Pokemon teams for fictional characters. And it's like, so the most common type is actually water and the least common type. Do you actually know what the least common type of Pokemon is across all gens? Take a the guess. Least common? Yeah, least common. Uh, Steel. What, what did Eric say? Ice. Yes, ice is correct. Because across all gens of the 800-whatever Pokemon, only 71 of them are ice types. And out of the 71 of them, 70 are garbage. <laughs> well, a bunch of them are also legendaries, too, so you, there aren't that many casual ice types out there. That's actually the one thing I've always hated the most about Jinx, is that an ice psychic type should have been, like, the biggest grab ever, but it looks like that. So how disappointing. Nikki Mijan. Yes. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen people call it Nikki Minaj, which is hysterical. <laughs> or uh, I've seen the memes with Jinx and Mr. Popo, which is also hysterical. All right, so that's uh, that explains quite a bit there with the the new. So yeah, so we, we're getting a new gen of Pokemon. Um, given the choices, I would probably pick Violet because I always had a tendency to pick the color that I thought would be uh, would be the uh, cooler sounding one, or also the one that I felt like people weren't getting. So the original gen, I. Everybody was going for red instead of blue, so I went for blue because I knew more people that had red, so I felt like that was easier for trade. Uh, same thing with Gen 2, which was the last gen I was really into. I did silver instead of gold because everybody was going for was going for gold. See, this is the thing. Like, the, the, the names of them are supposed to be, like, they're kind of equal but different. But then they come to ones where, like, silver and gold. It's like, well, gold's always been worth more than silver. So what the fuck? And then same with, like, Diamond versus Pearl. Like, uh, this isn't what I think you're thinking you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> they were Rubies. trying to go for, like, two similar metals. I don't think they were actually going off of value. <laughs> that, like, let's, let's bring in the uh, periodic table, and we'll just name Pokemon uh, versions off of that. I feel like there's enough there. They could last them for a while. In Japan, there was a green version of Gen 1. Had Venusaur on the cover, had slightly different graphics, and every Pokemon was in it. It didn't have the split deal. Mm. But the graphics looked awful. They well, looked yeah, they also they also used to do the thing where they a year or two later, they put out the quote-unquote definitive edition with a third name. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't do that no more. I do remember that when uh, when Black and White came out, the big that was the first time because I was working at Universal at the time, and that was when people were having the the big discussion because uh, 
I think the Pokemon phasing went something like this. It went, uh, high school, or no, it was, uh, middle school, Pokemon rules, high school, too cool for Pokemon, and then college, everyone's into Pokemon again. And that was around the age and everything that a lot of people were working there. A lot of them were still that young college age, so they were all hardcore into Pokemon all over again. And I remember one of the team leaders was just like, look, I'm getting the black version. You know why? Because I always go with whatever legendary Pokemon looks cooler, and the black one looks way cooler than the white one. So easy decision. And that was the first time I ever heard that. And I was like, yep, that's a good way of deciding. Yeah. If you like if you like a way a Pokemon looks, that's valid enough. Every Pokemon is valid in every game. It may not be the best, but you can make it through the game with whatever Pokemon you want. So I think I realized okay, I've only actually owned two Pokemon games, but out of like ones I've played elsewhere and stuff, I think I've done the first one every time. Like I've done red, I've done diamond. I've done sword. Hmm. There you go. So maybe I'll go violet this generation. See, I was actually I... thinking violet myself. Because here's the thing. Like... Scarlet's just another shade of red. But we haven't had a violet version yet. So that's kind of cool. So that's that's something to think about. Unless you're against violets in video games. <laughs> okay, so here comes the question. We asked this the other day. Uh, we were playing Dungeons & Dragons, and Eric was splitting the party. So we were just <laughs> chatting amongst ourselves, and we said, if you could have one Pokemon in real life, not a legendary, take the legendaries out of the equation, has to be a, a common, more common ground Pokemon, that you could have in real life as your companion, which one would you pick? Lucario. Yeah, I, all right. So for Eric, that's just an easy decision because his favorite Pokemon <laughs> isn't a legendary. <laughs> so I had two immediate instinctual thoughts, and I went with I went with the one that seemed the mo more obvious choice. That was Charizard, because it was between Charizard and Arcanine. <clears throat> Arcanine's a big, fluffy fire puppy that you can ride into battle, which is awesome. Charizard can fly. So, if given the choice, if, if it would come down to those two, and I'd probably go with Charizard. Well, do you start with Charmander as you're when you're a child? I mean, I fucking hope so, because Charmander's the best. Or is this like the movie where you have to, like, in the town you have a companion Pokemon that's... Do you figure out once you get a job or something? That was a great movie, by the way. Detective Pikachu is very good. Detective Pikachu is very good. I, I know people I, who don't know shit about Pokemon who love Detective Pikachu. What were you going to say, sir? I was going to say, like, I think if I got a Riolu, right, not a Lucario, I'd still be okay with it. What if you, like, your companion Pokemon as a kid is, like, one that requires, like, a stone to ever evolve, and you just gotta find, get lucky to find one, or, like, <laughs> buy one for tons of money? 
You know what I would like to see in the next Pokemon game? And I know this is going to sound stupid, but like a marketplace where you could sell your items online and purchase items from other players. That doesn't sound stupid at all, actually. Yep. I mean, because if you have a surplus of something and somebody needs something, why not? Why not offer up a trade or something like that? Right? I don't think that's a stupid idea at all. I mean, they did... There's the big wild area, right, where you see other players. Like, why not have that be part of that? Did you see the thing somebody posted in the Nerd Table group? That if you're an organ donor, when you die, you drop loot? I did. I I saw that and laughed. (laughs) Is that not the truth, though? I mean, it's not like you're getting my plus two Vorpal sword, but, you know. Right. Now, I've said that before, because I don't want to be buried, I want to be cremated, and I want my ashes scattered, like I don't want a final resting place, because that would cost unnecessary money to people who outlive me. So I said, dudes, let's do it the easy way. First thing you're going to do, anything of me that can be donated and help somebody, take it. Whatever is useless and remaining, turn that into ash, and then go find a spot that you know I loved, and sprinkle me there. Several places if need be. Put me into, you know, five equal containers if you want to put me in five separate places. Just don't spread me out the Haunted Mansion because I know they vacuum that shit. Right, Eric? For that very reason. <laughs> Here's some Disney trivia for people who didn't know. Don't spread your ashes in the Haunted Mansion. Because... You know what's going to happen? Grandma's going to end up in a Hoover. Oh, man. And that does happen. <clears throat> Plus, why would... Like, that's just like, hey, family, why don't... Uh, after I die, why don't you guys uh, risk getting kicked out of Disney? To appease my nothing. <laughs> just so I can be a dick to you one last time. I know some people who do it. Just to be a dick. I I know we've been those dicks before, Eric. We, we've... I cannot confirm nor deny any well, allegations. You, you guys have given somebody an awful quest to do after you died already? <laughs> Obviously. I've, I've told Rebecca, uh, cremate me and uh, run me through a motorcycle. There you go. That's going to be my tombstone. No, honestly, if I could be anything, I would tell them to use the carbon from my body to turn me into a sword and then just pass me down from one generation to the next. That's awesome. (laughs) Be a family heirloom. I know they can, like, press you into a vinyl record nowadays, too. Now, that would be Dan right there. Check out this special collector's edition of this Who record that I have. My friend's in it. <laughs> oh, cool. oh, really? Oh, what cool. Did he play? He, yeah, what, do, what does he play on it? <laughs> uh, no, no, he's, he's physically in the record. <laughs> <laughs> he is the medium of the media. 
You know what I would do just to fuck with somebody? I'd be like, turn me into a vinyl record, but then somewhere have like a hit a hidden piece where it's just like a message backwards and it's it's something like get out get out you're not safe here but have it backwards so when they play it that's all they hear is my voice telling them to get out <laughs> why i think that'd be hysterical i want to be uh spread out like donnie where i end up all over <laughs> all over your friend's face <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes. Because, duh, the ocean has wind coming at you. That seems so goddamn funny. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. You're out of your element, Donnie. Am I the only one? The genius of that one where he he doesn't get a strike. And then the fight happens and he has the heart attack. Oh. Poor Donnie. Poor Donnie. That's a great movie, though. If y'all don't know what we're talking about, it's called The Big Lebowski, and it's a classic. I mean, that's just your opinion, man. I fucking hate the Eagles, man. <laughs> oh, God. Anybody watched anything lately that they want to discuss, like, movie-wise? Movie-wise, no. N- nobody seen Uncharted? No. I-, I thought you guys you guys played the games, though, right? I have not played the game. I know Dan has. I have. There's only one I haven't played, and that's the one with the, what's the, the one with the two goyles. I just haven't gotten around to it. The uh, I my wife saw it in the theater because she's a Tom oh, Holland. Huh? She's a Tom Holland fan. Wanted to see it. She gets out of work way earlier than I do, so she's just treated herself to a movie. By the time I got home, she was already back from the theater. Treat yourself. But she said she loved it. She said it was really funny, and she would see it again. So, And she doesn't know anything about the games. So I'm going to guess that it's probably, if you're looking for an adventure film, you're going to have a good time. If you're looking for Uncharted, you might not have a good time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah. I mean, that's the way uh, it goes with some movies that are based on things, right? All right. Like... Well, I wanna, I'm going to pose a question to the two of you to discuss, because you guys are bigger gamers than me. What is a gaming franchise that you think needs to have a movie made? Go. I'm, I'm just opening it up to you two right now. Movie? Uh, movie I think... franchise. Okay. You go first. You go first. I need time to think. I think Zelda probably works more as a show, or they're going to be like this. Legends of Zelda is a James Bond style movie franchise where we put out a different story every two to five years in per- in perpetuity. <laughs> uh, Metroid, I think, would work. You get your sci-fi slash you get a little into the horror. I do like the Metroid. Yeah, if it was like a horror version of it, I'd be down for that. Make it uh, may have it feel like Alien. I mean, it's it's heavily influenced by it, so yeah. I would say, I would love to see a movie franchise of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, 
it just gets so. I mean, I understand that the games are pretty much movies already because of the fucking cutscenes are ridiculously long. But well, I still like the way the way it is is cinema is cinema yeah. graphic or whatever the frick I'm trying to think of cinematic. Um, also heavily influenced by cinema, also. So it's like. Because I feel like that could have uh, a very James Bond feel to it. Yeah, you could do that. And then comes the weird one where there's just a different guy the whole time. But then the original guy shows up. But of course, he can't say his name is Pliskin. <laughs> you want to just get out right soon? Uh, what else would do good? Um, we'll see how Mario cartoon goes later this year. Cause that Ooh, could... Soul Calibur. Or not Soul Calibur. Um, Soul Reaver. Legacy of Kane series. Oh, okay. I never really played any of those, so I don't know too much. Uh, the Legacy of Kane games are fucking amazing. I don't think I can play them now because... Now I'm a graphics snob, but they were a lot of fun playing it. It, it, it was um, Soul Reaver was like my favorite. I played the one on the Dreamcast, and it was just so buttery smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Dreamcast? No, because I never had one. <laughs> but never had one. Okay, here's one for you. Because uh, I've seen I've seen this on like memed and stuff on other other places. Turn another board game into a movie. Like, I mean, a lot of of the operation. more modern style games would work pretty well. I would think Settlers of Catan. Yeah, Catan would work. I would think. And then you make a sequel, which is going to be Spirit Island. Which is a game where essentially you're the spirits of the island trying to get rid of the new settlers. So it's like a reverse Catan. Great. You know what would have been... <laughs> you know what would have been awesome? If somebody made like a board game style miniseries show and each episode was based on a game with like... Like class, like some of the older games that had super gimmicks to them, like Fireball Island or It from the Pit or Tornado Rex or things like that. And it's just like a a, a one episodic one hour thing. You know, Fireball Island has been remade, and they have made some changes to make it like an actual fun game instead of just in the end you just set it up and set it off because <laughs> the game wasn't that good. <laughs> Like Mousetrap? Yeah. Where... It's like, you know, what if like modern game designers took that idea and actually made a good game around it? I think that's just it though, right? Is you take that you take that concept and just make it into something else. And it's like, okay, cool. Well I remember this game from my childhood. Well I never played Fireball Island, but like, I oh would... no, we never we never had gimmick games like that. 
I had a couple. My sister had Mole Madness. Oh, yeah. And that was always kind of neat, because you set it up with, like... Because it had a... Yeah, because it actually looked like a mall. Uh, I know she also had a, a game called Hotels. Which had, like, like 3D buildings and stuff that you would set up around. I don't remember how to actually play the game, but I remember, like, playing with it as a kid. Guess how many different versions of Monopoly I have. <laughs> a lot? <laughs> I have Standard Monopoly. I have Simpsons Monopoly. I have Syracuse in a box, which is Monopoly, but just everything's changed and things were around Syracuse. I have Deadpool Monopoly and The Walking Dead Monopoly. And then I have the Mad Magazine board game, which is essentially Monopoly, but you're actually trying to get rid of your money. Which one is that? The Mad Magazine board game. Okay. You're trying to get rid of your money? And it has this one bill in there where it's like a a weird number. It's like $1,372.16 or whatever. Of course there is. Yep. And there's like one card and like one spot on the board that tells you to get that. And essentially if you get that dollar bill, you're pretty much can't win. <laughs> well, that sucks. But, uh, all those games have weird... I wish... Like, one of those things that I always wish we, we actually could have done and is obviously we don't live close enough to each other to pull it off, but I would have loved to actually make a show where we just, like, review board games. Do you like a little thing? You kind of explain the rules of the game and then shoot a segment of us actually playing it, but with, uh, you know, with the, with actual, you know, kind of like what we're doing now. It's a podcast, but we'd be playing a board game while we're doing it. I would have been down for that. Hell yeah. I feel like there should have been, there would have been a few board games where I would have been like, this is bullshit. (laughs) And then the and then everybody's favorite part of the episode is when Eric gets mad and just flips the board. Fuck this game. That's how we end every single game. <laughs> just flip. Even though we even if we like completely finish it and we loved it. <laughs> yeah, but what else would you be expecting? So <clears throat> All right, so uh, with that said, let's move on to some other fun little topics here along the way. Uh, I know Dan has been watching Game of Thrones. Yes. And have you been liking it? (laughs) I've seen all of season six now, so I only have the two shortened seasons remaining. Yes. Well, this is where things will start to go a bit downhill, but, you know, let your... Let's... uh, Let's see what your your viewpoint is, though, because I don't know. You might end up you might end up loving it. You're going to be like, "Why the hell was everybody complaining? I thought that was awesome." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I can never tell. The last two episodes of season six were fucking wild, though. 
Yes. Yes, yes, they were. And that makes him awesome. So let's quickly go back to uh we're gonna we're gonna cut back to season five. Not gonna do a full on thing here, but we'll cover as much as we can. But we wanna talk about all the stuff that keeps happening. That that started this this role here. So in The Wars to Come, which was the first episode of season five, we get the whole Maggie the Frog fortune teller with Cersei, where she's like, am I going to marry Rhaegar Targaryen when I get older? She's like, no, you're going to end up being wed to the kin. You're going to have three kids. They're all going to wear gold crowns and gold shrouds, meaning they're all going to die. And a younger and more beautiful queen than you will cast you down. So become Snow White, basically. So where we actually left off was uh, that Tywin got killed on the toilet. So, of course, here comes Cersei, there to pay her respects, and gets on Jamie's case because he freed Tyrion. And then we realize that uh, there's old Lancel, and he's become a member of the Sparrows. This is a religious group devoted to the faith of the Seven. Of course, Cersei just feigns ignorance with all this shit. And Marjorie notices that Loras is fucking around with another guy, and she's like, you better be discreet about this. And he's like, oh, I'll be fine. Tywin's dead. No one's going to be able to force me to marry Cersei. Yeah, about that. Uh, you get Tyrion and Varys and Pentos, because Varys, of course, helped Tyrion escape. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? Let's work in secret and make Daenerys the new ruler of Restoros. He's like, all right, well, then I better go meet her. So you also were, got to see that somebody, what a member of the Unsullied got killed by a son of the Harpy. And <clears throat> Danny's dragons are still locked up, and Dario no longer looks like Dario because <laughs> they recast him. Completely different looking person. Yeah, I didn't even know it was supposed to be him. And of course, you have Robin. They're like, he's going to become the ward. He's like, well, Sans is going to have to travel there, but instead, we're going to go this way. And Brienne and Podrick literally go right past Sansa. Yep. <clears throat> and this is when John shows an act of mercy because Mance Radar is burned at the stake, and as he's succumbing to the fire, John shoots him dead. All because Stannis wanted the wildlings to fight for him so he could claim the North back from Roose Bolton. So we go to House of Black and White, episode two. This is where Arya arrives at the House of the Faceless Men. You have to become no one to get in. That's going to become a plot point for Arya's journey here. Arya's, like, Arya's story arc was so fucking good. Yeah, it gets so they good. Here. They could have done a spinoff on just Arya, and I would have been like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. 
Uh, John becomes the new Lord Commander. That lasts a super long time, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Stannis promises him that he'll legitimize John as a Stark. Yeah, well. John defeats Sir Alistair. The winning vote cast by Maester Aaron. That is the cool part. It's completely tied. And he has his own vote. And he hasn't voted yet. So Brienne tries to take Sansa with her. And Littlefinger tries to capture Brienne. So we all see how that worked out. And that's when Podrick is like, well, both girls refused your protection, so you've been freed from your vow. But she's like, I still don't trust Littlefinger, so I'm going to follow them. Then, of course, we get the uh, the ominous threat. It's Marcella's necklace in the jaws of a viper, and Cersei and Jaime realize that they're receiving a threat right now. So he's like, all right, we're going to Dorne, and we're getting our daughter back. Oh, they get her. <laughs> Back all right. <laughs> My favorite is Braun agreeing to go. He's just like, I'll go with you, but if you do, I want a bigger castle. Yeah, because the whole thing is that he's marrying the second-born daughter because the plan is, is that he's going to kill the first-born daughter and the father's going to die soon anyway. So Yeah. He'll have a castle. <laughs> uh, Cersei decides she's going to be the new hand until Tommen officially chooses one. So Tyrell, Mace Tyrell becomes Master of Coin. Master of Whispers becomes Kyburn. Don't trust that guy. And then frickin' Kevin. He's like, yeah, no, I'm going back to Casterly Rock. Frickin' Kevins. It's always Kevins. All these damn Kevins. Uh, but Prince Doran refuses to kill Marcella and go to war with House Lannister, even though Oberyn was killed, so... Ilaria Sand is, uh, not feeling that one. And, of course, we get a captured son of the Harpy. The, uh... The freed man kills the captive before the trial, so Danny executes him publicly, and now a riot's starting out. And Drogon flies away. So now you got a friggin' dragon on the loose. And it's the big one. And, yeah, and it's of course it's the big one. It's the big one that's already already killed people. <laughs> uh, in episode three, High Sparrow. I know that I, I know you marked out when you saw Jonathan Price show up because you messaged me when that happened. Jonathan Price, great actor, one of the weakest Bond villains because his reason for being a villain is stupid. He's pretty weak. He was fun in the Pirates movies, though. He's good. He's good. He's okay in everything. <laughs> uh, he's in the uh, Haunted Honeymoon. Good in that. So, Arya, in her quest to become no one, has an, she has an altercation with the Waif, which is going to come back. 
And he's like, how, can, how are you no one? You're surrounded things owned by Arya Stark. So she has to give, throw everything in the poison water, except for Needle, which she doesn't want to get rid of. She hides in the rocks. She hides in the rocks. So Tommen marries Marjorie. Lucky him. And they fuck. Yes, they do. <laughs> and she actually manipulates Tommen to get Cersei to come back, but Cersei refuses. And then the High Septon asks the small council to execute the High Sparrow, and instead Cersei goes and meets him. And she goes, you're going to replace the High Septon. And that's a message that she's sending out to Littlefinger. So this is, yeah, so she sees him as a way to get even with most of her enemies. This will turn out to be a grave mistake. (laughs) So now we've got old... Bruce Bolton, and he's telling Ramsay, we can't count on the Lannisters now that Tywin's dead. So what we should do is we'll have Ramsay marry Sansa. Of course, Sansa's horrified by this. But Littlefinger says, you know what? Do it, because this could be an opportunity to take revenge for the murders of your mom and your brother. Of course, he's playing both sides here, and he's telling Roost, you got no reason to fear the Lannisters. And Roos is like, well, look at this letter that Caitlin showed him. He's like, no, 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 no. The alliance is fine. And Roos is like, can I see your reply? Meanwhile, there's Reek. His name is Reek. And he keeps seeing Sansa, and he's just avoiding her like the plague. Of course, Brienne and Podrick followed them here. And Brienne starts remembering about yeah, Renly Baratheon's assassination happened, and I need to kill Stannis. So we still got that storyline going on. She will, but he was all but dead. <laughs> that happens. <clears throat> so John has taken over, and he's like, all right, Alistair, you're the first ranger, and Slint... You're going to restore Greyguard. Slint refuses, so John executes him. And it's not pretty. And then, of course, as they're arri- as Tyrion's arriving, he gets kidnapped by Jorah. Yep. It's the funniest shit ever, because then when they finally talk, and he's like, oh, wait, I was going anyway, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. Where are you taking me to see the queen? Oh. Well, doesn't he initially think he means Cersei? Maybe. Yeah, he's like, oh, my, my sister. No, <laughs> no my queen. Oh, you <laughs> idiot. I was already doing that. Of course, this, no, this way, this way we could just almost die instead. Well, and Jorah makes a big mistake here. <laughs> so that's... <Did> he know? <laughs> <laughs> So this takes us to Sons of the Harpy. So John is sending all these letters out requesting men for the Night's Watch. Including Roose Bolton. Melisandre actually attempts to seduce John to join Stannis in taking Winterfell from the Boltons. 
But he says no. And that's when she gives him the you know nothing Jon Snow line. Which was bullshit. Of course, you have Shireen there. And she's like, are you ashamed of my deformity from the grayscale? And he's like, no. I'm still going to cure I'm still going to cure you. Ugh. We'll get to that in a bit. Littlefinger tells Sansa, I'm leaving. Uh, Cersei wants me back. But it's okay, because Stannis is going to take over. And when he does, you're going to become Wardeness of the North. Uh, back where we're in King's Landing, we have Mace Tyrell. He's telling Cersei, the Iron Bank is calling in 10% of their debt. And they can only afford to pay half of that amount. So she goes, well, get over to Bravos and negotiate a deal for us. Meanwhile, here comes the High Sparrow, and he revived the Faith Militant. So now the Faith has a military. And Loris is homosexual, which is illegal according to the Faith, so he gets arrested. He gets arrested for buggery. <laughs> for buggery, yeah. Every time he said buggery, I'm just like <laughs> laughing. Oh my god. And Marjorie's like, Tommen, get this. But we, we noticed that Tommen is not like Joffrey at all. He doesn't have any backbone whatsoever. And he won't interrupt the prayer. So Marjorie's going to Elena now because, well, Tommen's useless. So Jamie tells Bronn that if he ever sees Tyrion again, he's going to kill him for killing their father. And we meet Oberyn's bastard daughters, the Sand Snakes. And they agree to join Elia in starting the war, and they do it by murdering Marcella. And she dies in her father's arms, which is kind of scary, actually. Because, like, she's making peace with everything, and she's going to go home, and then she's just poisoned. She gives her the kiss. The kiss, Yes. Kiss of death. Which we learned about early in the episode because they poisoned Bronn in the fight. Yes. <clears throat> and Danny's going to reopen the fighting pits in Marine. It'll unite the, the Masters and the Freedmen. But the Sons of the Harpy attack Grey Worm and the Unsullied. They but they severely wound Grey Worm and they kill they kill Sir Barristan. Yeah. Which is gonna lead to bullshit. But then we go to Dragon episode... shows up, takes her away. Yep, we go to episode five, kill the boy. This is where John wants Eamon to help him kill the boy and become the man. So he frees Tormund. And he says, get the wildlings south of the wall in return for an alliance with the Night's Watch when the White Walkers arrive. And he says, well, most of the wildlings have fled for Hardhone. So if you want this to happen, you got to come yourself. But, and the rest of the Night's oh. Watch is like, John, this is a bad idea. And he goes, nope, this is a great idea. Above the wall, on ship. <laughs> yes. 
Ay, ay, ay. Uh, Stannis is questioning Sam about the dragon glass, which can kill those White Walkers. And he goes, well, Dragonstone has large supplies of it. So, the Baratheon army begins its march on Winterfell. And Stannis insists on bringing along his daughter with him. <clears throat> so, back where we got Bran and Podrick. They're at an inn close to Winterfell. And they arrange for a man loyal to the Starks to deliver a message to Sansa. If she's ever in trouble, light a candle in Winterfell's broken tower. And now Sansa discovers Reek. And Ramsay forces him to apologize for murdering Bran and Rickon. Although he's aware that Theon didn't kill them. He's still playing his role. And Roos just gets freaking annoyed with this. And he's like, look, Walda and I, we're going to have a boy. And Ramsay's not happy about that at all. He's like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. Just help me defeat Stannis and everything will be fine. Uh, we know, so back in Marine, like you said, Grey Worm did survive. So she's like, all right, get the great families brought before me. And I'm going to order one of my dragons to burn them as an intimidation tactic. And she says, I will reopen the fighting pits and make peace with the people of Marine, and I'm going to marry you, buddy. Uh, what's the character's name? Hisdar? Hisdari? I can't remember. Ah, uh, this was two and a half months ago for me. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, of course, Grey Worm and Misandi kiss, but that's about all that's going to happen there. Well, tongue action is all that's going to happen there. Mouth stuff. And that's when Tyrion's like, you're taking a shortcut through Valeria? Well, crap, there's Drogon. Ah, crap, there's Stone Men. And Jorah gets Grayscale. It starts here. Unbowed, unbent, unbroken is episode six. So the Waif tells Arya, if you're going to pass the game of faces, you have to be able to lie. So she plays with her. And she detects that you're lying about hatred for the Hound. Man comes in with a sick daughter to the temple so she can die in peace. Arya lies to her that she was ill like her in the past and gives the temple's poison water to her to end her suffering. And that's when Jockin takes Arya to the Temple of the Faceless Men. She's like, you're not yet ready to become no one, but you're ready to become someone else. Tyrion breaks the news to Jorah that his father has died. And then the slavers capture him and they realize, crap, you reopened the fighting pits? And Tyrion, of course, is like, oh, that's great. Take us to Marine. Jorah here can fight. <laughs> I love that. That he basically gets Jorah to fight for him. Yeah, then he's like, well, you have to take me when when they get to the, the auction. You gotta take me, because we're a team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Cersei learns that Sansa's gonna marry Ramsay at Winterfell. And gets approval to destroy the victor of Stannis' attack 
on the Boltons. Becomes Warden of the North as a result of this. You're saying like Kevin Nash texted himself to stick the winner? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, Littlefinger knows how to play the game. He he plays it better than most everybody on the show. He plays it so well, but like never really wins. <laughs> he gets a minor victory here or there, but n- nothing major ever. Well, he's also trying to play the long game, which you're going to learn about in the next season that you're going to watch. Where his long game is going to pay off for him. So, of course, the Lannister-Tyrell alliance is in peril. And Cersei's like, well, that has nothing to do with Loras's arrest, even though Elena's telling her that. And this is when Oliver testifies against Loras. And then Marjorie also gets arrested for perjury. Loras was actually about to get off, too. Until they brought in the gay stable boy. Who was a jury, filthy, double-time, and <laughs> traitor. Sandstakes are going to abduct everybody. Or they're going to abduct Marcella. Bron and Jamie disguise themselves as guards and get to the water gardens. But they get a skirmish. They're arrested, including Ilaria Sand, taken into custody. And right before the wedding to Ramsay, Sansa gets visited by Miranda, says, I was ordered to bathe you, and tries to tell her not to bore Ramsay like all the other girls. And Ramsay takes her to his chambers, steals her flower by violently raping her, and makes Reek watch. Which is just rough. That whole scene is just rough as hell. Yeah, she had it the worst, I feel like. Oh god, yeah. Uh, The Gift is the next episode here. John departs for Hardhone with Tormund, even though Sir Alistair is telling him over and over again, don't do this. And Sam's just like, look, before you leave, take some Dragonglass with you, because you need this against the White Walkers. See, that's the thing, like, um, it's been generations and generations and generations since they actually had to fight the winter of the White Walkers that they just all believe that, oh, we just fight wildlings. That's what we're here for, fighting wildlings. It's like, no, bitch, you're there for when the White Walkers show up. Well, not not to get contemporary, but isn't this exactly how history works, though? After so much time has passed... We start forgetting how it actually happened and start making the same mistakes. To the point where most of them don't even believe they existed until they fucking saw them with their own eyes. Exactly. Welcome to... Yeah, Game of Thrones is uh, relatively intelligent. Just gonna leave it at that. Uh, Maester Aemon passes away from old age. I believe the only character in Game of Thrones to die from natural causes. Yeah, he dies thinking that uh, baby Samwell is his little brother, the Mad King, as a child. Uh, 
Uh, Gilly gets attacked. Sam gets beaten. Fortunately, Ghost is still there. And Sam and Gilly finally have sex. Yay. Good for Sam, I guess. All right. Yeah, good for Sam. Even though he's like, <laughs> Sam needed it. Finally. Beaten to a bloody pulp. Uh, this is rough. So Sansa tries to get Reek to help her because she's imprisoned in her bedchamber. Instead, he tells Ramsay. So Ramsay flays the maid that Sansa learned the signal from while forcing Sansa to look on her body. But she does learn that Jon's become Lord Commander. And we notice that Bran and Podrick are still waiting for her signal, but of course that's not happening yet. Stannis' troops get trapped in a snowstorm. And Davos is like, dude, your supplies are gone, your horses are gone, your cells words are gone. We need to go back to Castle Black and wait out the winter. And he goes, no, because that's going to delay me for years. So Davos takes his leave, and Melisandre goes, oh, don't worry, I've had a vision of your victory. But, in order to do that, you're going to have to uh, sacrifice your daughter. And Stannis just, just disgustedly walks out of there. How dare you suggest such a thing? Stannis would never sacrifice his daughter. Hold on to that thought. Until the next episode. No, Hold on to that thought. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny and Dario are discussing the marriage that's going to happen. And Dario's like, well, why don't you just kill all of Marine's nobles when the fighting pits are reopened? Jorah gets sold to a slaver who's looking for fights. Tyrion shows his fighting prowess, and he convinces him, oh, buy me too. So they take him to Marine, where they're going to fight in front of Danny, and this is when Jorah reveals that there he is. And she's like, get him out of my sight. But I've brought you a gift. And here it is. Tyrion Lannister, dwarf son of Tywin. So why can't you take me back to King's Landing? It's like, well, because you're gonna, I'm gonna stay here and marry this dude. Okay. So Jamie's, Jamie's daughter's gonna marry this guy. We'll see how that's gonna work out for him. Of course, you got the one chick who keeps pulling her tits out in front of Braun. It's like with your daggers. Been cooled off to a slow-acting poison that will activate when the heart rate increased. And then, here's the antidote. Well, son of a bitch. So that's how this and, works. And I'll give it to you if you say I'm the most beautiful woman in a land. Uh, Elena makes a demand to the High Sparrow to release everyone, but of course he refuses. So he goes, well, how about a bribe? And he's like, uh, no. I'm not gonna work. Small folk need to fear nobility. And of course, she meets Littlefinger, and you're like, you're giving Cersei information about putting Loras away. And he's like, well, yeah, but I'm also doing it to put Cersei away, too. I've got a plan, damn it. Tommen is, of course, super anguished, and Cersei's like, well, I'll speak on your behalf. So she meets with Marjorie. Marjorie kicks her out. And she meets with the High Sparrow, and that's when Lancel reveals her sins, and Cersei gets imprisoned. 
There's your plot twist for that episode. Did you see that one coming? Yeah. Maybe. All right. Next episode is Hard Hone. Uh, Hard Home is one of the closest things we're going to get to a horror movie in Game of Thrones. So let's get the other stuff out of the way first. Uh, Arya becomes an oyster seller and goes to assassinate a thin man. Tyrion convinces Danny to allow him... Or, oh no, he basically says, I'll be your advisor, spare Jorah's life. But Jorah gets a exiled again and he's like well you're not going to be able to take the iron throne without a westerosi house you know having your back or everything and she's like well the rise and fall of the great of the great houses are spokes on a wheel and i'm gonna break that wheel uh cersei refuses to confess to her crimes so kyburn visits her he's like well you're being charged for incest and for Robert's murder. And now Kevin's going to be the hand. But the work will continue. Reek tells Sansa she can't escape, but also admits to her that he didn't actually kill her brothers. He killed two farm boys and burned them so they wouldn't know it was the Stark boys. Bruce and Ramsay are planning for the battle. And he's like, give me 20 men, I'm taking the fight to Stannis. At the wall, you have Ollie, the little boy that Jon rescued. He's expressing misgivings about Jon's alliance with the wildlings. And Sam says, sometimes the alliance is necessary to defeat the White Walkers, but Ollie doesn't want to hear that. But he had his entire village killed by them. So yes, yeah. so he, of course he doesn't want to hear that. Uh, Hardhome is where things go down, though. So they meet with the Lord of Bones. They have a tense standoff. Tormund kills him. And he summons the elders. And John's like, look, here's, here's the deal. You defend us. You help us defend against the White Walkers. And you get, you basically get refuge south of the wall. Mm -hmm. And they eventually all, all decide, okay, we're going to do this. But it's a little late. It's a little late because... <laughs> A bunch of rights attack the town. It starts off with them all attacking, like, up from the hill. There's all the chaos. And they shut the gate, and it just gets eerily jump quiet. Down. Just jump from the top of the hill. Yeah. And just oh, land it's... on the ground. And then, like, no, remember, we were told, like, in season one, the only way to defeat the undead of them is to burn them. So, yeah. They all get up. <laughs> but we do see, But we do see John actually kill one. Yes. So, again, one of those things about uh, this kind of uh, fantasy show where you learn, well, there's only one way to kill them with this with this particular kind of weapon. And then you learn, oh, wait, but there's another kind of weapon, too. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what are the three things? It's dragon glass, valerian steel and uh, fire. fire and fire. So it was kind of like Harry Potter when it was like, oh, you can only defeat them with the sword or you know, Basilisk Venom is potent enough too. Right. <laughs> you have to you have to beat it you have to kill it beyond magical repair was how you defeated that stuff. So this whole scene is crazy because it's the whites are attacking and then 
everybody who gets killed, the freaking Night King just raises his arms and revives everybody, and they're all just watching from the boat. They're running the boats. Man, we get this new hot chick, and she dies in the same episode, and it's just like, god damn it. The freaking giant? All the giant with them all over him? He's just ripping (laughs) them off of him. Well, water can stop them, so that's something good to know. They can stop them. They just can't swim. Yeah, they can't swim, so. Uh, it's so, such a crazy episode. I love this episode. It's one of the best and episodes. And you're just like, that should be the end of a season. There's two more episodes! Yeah. The, <laughs> the Dance of Dragons. John and Tormund have made it back to Castle Black with the survivors. Thorn does open the gate, and John's like, well, the mission's a failure. He's like, but you still save thousands of wildlings. And he's like, yeah, I know that Nightwatch is going to be unhappy. And Thorn says, your compassion's going to get us all killed. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Ramsey and his men get to the Stannis camp. They start burning the supplies. And he's like, well, great, now my army's not going to survive the winter at all, but I'm not going back to Castle Black. You are, Davos. Go back and get me more stuff. And as soon as Davos leaves... Kill the girl! (laughs) That's exactly what he fucking does. Burn, burn, burn. He burnt his daughter at the stake. Because he knew Davos would have stopped him. And the troops are just horrified watching this. Yes, this is what makes him lose now. Yeah. Next morning, half the men have left overnight. Yep. He already was outnumbered. Now he's severely outnumbered. So they're asking Jamie, why are you in Dorne? He goes, I'm here to take my daughter. And that's when he realizes that Ilaria Sand was behind the, the threat. So... I will tell you what I'm going to do. Give me, or put Tristan on the small council, and I'll free you guys. Of course, he privately confronts Ilaria, and she's like, nope, I'm loyal with the Sand Snakes. And it's neither, it's it's nobody's fault that Marcella was killed, but of course, that's going to come back and bite him in the ass. Oh, God, and then Arya is going after the Thin Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, my God. and she realizes that there's people on her list that are there to go to the bank. So she tracks him to a brothel and learns he's sexually attracted to, pu- to uh, pubescent girls, which is disgusting. Although Jockin believes her when she says that the Thin Man was not hungry and she'll try again the next day. But she's got her own agenda now. Uh, Danny's watching the fighting session in the pit. Of course, there's Jorah. <laughs> he grabs a spear, he throws it towards the royal stage and ends up killing an assassin that was sneaking up on Danny. Here come the Sons of the Harpy. They start murdering people. And everybody gets trapped in the middle of the in the middle of the fighting pit and here comes Drogon. Yeah, Deus Ex Machina <laughs> I have a dragon. 
He shows up, burns them all, takes Danny away. And Danny flies away. Freaking crazy. Uh, Mother's Mercy is how we end season five. Arya's story. So she gets to the brothel, stabs this dude multiple times, and confronts him for murdering her friend, the swordsman. It slits his throat. Goes back to the house of black and white. She gets confronted, and he's like, you're not meant... Like, that was not a life meant for you to take, which means another must be taken in order. And... You think it's going to be... He's going to kill her. But he kills himself. He kills himself, but it's not him. Jockin never existed. Arya's been talking to no one the whole time. (laughs) And Arya gets struck blind as punishment. God damn. Uh, Drogon actually takes Danny back to his lair, and she's like, take me back. But he goes, no! I'm gonna rest now. So, so much of Dothraki show up. <laughs> yep. So she drops a ring to the ground before she's getting surrounded. The Dothraki have found her. Dario and Jorah are going searching for Danny. So Tyrion... Has to govern Marine all by himself. Of course, this is when Varys arrives. He goes, well, I got a spy network that'll help you. Cersei admits to committing adultery. Denies committing incest. Or conspiring to have King Robert killed. And he's like, you've got to come back and undergo atonement. So they cut her hair short. They send her back on a naked walk. She gets attacked by all the people in the streets the whole time. Shame. Shame. Which, I know this is has nothing to do with it. That person saying shame is the uh, the lady from uh, Ted. Ted Lasso. Which I've never seen, but that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, we were, we were like, where we have... Like, we were watching the show, and we saw a name pop up, and we're like, we've seen that name before, but where? And we had to research it. We found out that, yeah, it's the shame lady. And I was like, Jesus! Total transformation. (laughs) Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, But when Cersei gets back to Kyburn, not only does he cover her up, but he reveals he's got a new member of the Kingsguard. He Frankensteined the mountain! Freaking reanimated corpse of yeah, Sir he Craig. Did what she wanted him to. Yeah. Yep. This is when Marcella reveals that she knows Jamie's not a real dad, but she's glad, and that's when she collapses, and we realize she got the kiss. And oh, shit goes down from there. Of course, in the north, this is where all the real shit goes down. First, you got Stannis. He realizes that, well, great. I got nobody now. Melisandre even flees to Castle Black. And he's like, nope, we're still marching on Winterfell. And as soon as Podrick realizes that, he goes and he tells he tells Brienne, this is your time to get your revenge. And here comes the Bolton Cavalry, Ramsay leading the way. Although Stannis still leads his men into battle, it doesn't last very long. And he's just laying there against a tree. 
And Brienne sentences him to death, and he just says, go on, do your duty. And she chops his head off. It seems like it's ambiguous, but I'll just tell you right now, she kills him. Because I was wondering if that was going to come back and do anything, but no. Although Stannis is still alive in the books, apparently, so we'll see how that fate goes down. Of course, Sansa gets out with that corkscrew. She signals for help, but of course, Bran's already gone. And then here comes Miranda. She's like, I'm going to mutilate you. And Theon finally, finally picks up his strength. And he whips this girl off the balcony and she just just smacks her head on the rocket on the ground and dies. And Theon and Sansa quite literally jump from the castle. Because the Bolton army has returned. Uh, how Here's how things end at the wall. Sam and Gilly are sent to... So Sam can become a maester. Which is something he always wanted. Davos arrives and reminds him the wildlings will never fight for Stannis. And this is when Davos realizes what happened in his absence. Stannis has been defeated, Shireen is dead, and all that other shit. Then comes the moment. Here comes Ollie and Thorne. They're like, John, get up. Somebody's seen your Uncle Benjen, who's been missing since season one. But when he comes outside, all he finds is a grade marker that says traitor. And they stab the fuck out of him. Each one saying, for the watch, the last one delivered by Ollie. And Jon Snow is left to die as season five comes to a close. So what did you think? I know it's been a while, but what did you think overall season five? I think I see mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> this was a mistake-filled season. Yeah, it is. Some of which have already gotten their comeuppance. Yep. Um, but then, of course, you know, with Cersei does the walk, the naked walk, but she makes it bloody and beaten back into the castle, and when she gets inside the castle, she's like, now it's time for those fuckers to die. <laughs> She like immediately changes to, oh, it's time. It's time. It's 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 Cersei time. It's time. <laughs> three rounds in the UFC. Uh, before we move on to uh, to season six, uh, real quick, I just want to give a quick shout out to the other stuff happening on CKCC Radio. As we are recording this here wonderful episodic adventure, a brand new Bored to Death binge cast is being uploaded as we speak. The Bored to Death clan is going to do a review of Peacemaker Season 1. So if you guys haven't seen Peacemaker yet, I would probably wouldn't advise listening to this episode. But the season one rap cast is about to go live. In fact, well, by the time you're hearing this episode, it will have already been live. But I literally just hit the publish button right now as we did that. And uh, Monday morning at 9 a.m., the A-Show returns. Andy Peck will be the guest. They're going to do 2001 WCW roster. 
Andy Peck from Feet First There's Productions will be the only what four if... months of it. Yes. So. Well, it's a what if scenario. What if Eric Bischoff buys WCW in two thousand and one, and they make a roster out of it? So it's he it's... almost did, but they told him, "Well, you won't get any of the TV stuff," and he's like, "Well, then that's fucking useless." All right, I want to I want to quickly break up the Game of Thrones talk with a wrestling update. Uh, Dan, what do you think of Vince McMahon potentially wrestling at WrestleMania this year? Not good. But <laughs> but Vince McMahon is going to be on the Pat McAfee show this Thursday. So that will actually be good. That will be good. Also, a, a cool wrestling thing that happened this week. Independent wrestler Kayla Sparks pulled a Rick Rude and was on SmackDown and Rampage on the same night. Well, that's pretty cool. How'd she pull that off? Well, Rampage is filmed on on a Wednesday. Uh, so she wrestled in a match. Oh, uh, and SmackDown's live, right? And SmackDown's live, and she was on the Los Lotharios kiss cam and got kissed on the cheek by the two of them. Aww. Ain't that cute. Well, there you have it. Uh, oh, yeah. SmackDown was actually at Hershey. but Yes, it was. I looked just out of curiosity, but even if I wanted to go, all the tickets left were single seats. And I didn't really want to go by myself. So I was just like, yeah, it's all good. Uh, definitely another time down the line. But wrestling shows are a ton of fun live if you've never been to one. They're, they're... Oh, also, also, yeah, also New Japan. Picking up 50th anniversary show on the first, and then they go right into their big tournament, the New Japan Cup. So March is going to be boss for your boy. All right. Uh, the next wrestling match we're going to review, we mentioned, was Steve Austin versus Bret Hart from WrestleMania 13. We're going to get Eric to watch that. Uh, as far as music videos go for next week's content... Uh, nobody has suggested anything yet, so Dan and I have chosen videos to review, and we'll just need Eric to pick one, and we can do three, unless one of our patrons comes through. Dan, what video have you chosen? Uh, I chose, uh, For the Longest Time by Billy Joel. Right. Uh, the video I've chosen is, Aha, Take On Me. That's a classic. So, Eric, it'll be up to you to decide if there's a video that you'd like us to watch and review. Mm. Alien Ant Farms. The Real Slim Shady. The Real Slim Shady? Yes. Shall be done. All right. Well, there's your preview for uh, real-time reviews for next week. The music video collection and the wrestling collection. Uh, Also... I do have an idea. I want to do some uh, real-time reviews where we review <laughs> meme videos, viral videos, YouTube content, miscellaneous kind of stuff. Maybe we'll go back and watch some old Flash videos from back in the day. Ooh. From the early days of the interweb. I actually have a list of stuff that I want to get us to watch. So, We're also uh, figuring out stuff for the two of them to expose me to or for the two of us to expose Chris to. So it's not just us ganging up on Eric all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have to find stuff that, uh, we have to find common ground between the other two hosts to introduce the other person to. Well, you and Eric 
are big into are big into a lot of D and D stuff, Doctor Who, uh, more gaming stuff than I am, comic books. So that's that's material you guys can work with. Uh, Eric and I, of course, are big on anime, which you're not as big. So that's that's one to work with. Um, probably like Disney stuff too, right? Because I feel like we would be more versed in that than Dan would, obviously. Because we did time. You did time. <laughs> With the mouse. That's what we call it, right? We did time. Yeah. And of course we could do some 20 pictures. I've got one planned for Eric. I've got the slideshow made. It's just got to sit down and record it. All righty. Game of Thrones Season 6. This one's nice and fresh in, in Dan's mind. Here we go. Starting off with the Red Woman in the first episode. So you have Ramsay mourning the death of Miranda. But he goes, just feed her to the hounds. And Roose Bolton's like, look, you got a victory over Stannis. But there could be retribution because of Ramsay marrying Sansa. So we got to get her back and get support of the North. It's like, it's going to disinherit Ramsay if he's unsuccessful. And if Roose's unborn child is a son. <clears throat> Sansa and Theon are being pursued. Uh, yeah, per they're being chased by a... God, I can't talk right now. Squad of Bolton soldiers. But Brienne and Podrick save them. Brienne pledges her loyalty to Sansa. And this time, Sansa actually accepts because... Well, it'd be really stupid not to. Oh, yeah. Also, we didn't mention... No Bran in Season 5. No! No Bran at all in Season 5. I mean, yeah, but are you really missing anything? No. I'm just not. saying, it's a point to be made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. No Bran at all in Season 5. I was thankful for some of that. Jamie, Lan Jamie Lannister arrives back with the body of his daughter. Oh, and, we see Cersei so happy when she sees the the ship. She gets told that her daughter's coming back. Yeah, and then she sees that there's he doesn't see her daughter, but she does see a box that's daughter shaped. Yep. <clears throat> Marjorie is still captive, but she's still not giving up any information about her brother. She's standing. She's standing strong. That this show had Iron Fist and Colleen in it. I was like, "Oh, really?" Uh, and then, of course, Tristan gets stabbed in the back, in the back of the head. Oh, oh yeah, they have the fight. Yep. Which one of us do? You, which one of us do you want to fight? Which one of us do you want to fight? And then he gets stabbed in the back of the head. So he fights. It's just stabbed in the back through the heck of that. Uh, Doran Martell receives news of Marcella Baratheon's death, and then he is immediately murdered by Elaria Sand and the other Sand sister. And poor guy, he's so good. Palace guards look on, and that weak men will never rule Dorne again. So Arya That's is how now. That's how Amazon's made. 
<clears throat> the waif duels Arya while she's blind. Arya fails, and she goes, yeah, I'm coming back tomorrow. But she leaves her the staff. <laughs> she does, yes. <clears throat> uh, Jorah's grayscale is worsening while he's searching for Danny. Realizes she's been taken by the Dothraki because they find the ring. That was the big clue. And Danny is now taken prisoner by Kyle Morrow. And she's like, you know. Taken to the actual, like, main city of Dothraki. This is where the widows live out their lives. So Tyrion and Varys are walking through the streets of Marine, which are now deserted. And Varys says, the spies are going to find the leader of the Sons of the Harpy. And that's when they realize that all the ships in Marine's Harbor have been set ablaze. So now there's no way we're going to Westeros. Uh, Ghost sees that John's been murdered, so he starts to howl, and that gets Davos and Ed and a couple of the other guys who take him into a snowstorm. And <clears throat> the Red Lady is there. She's like, I had a vision of John fighting in Winterfell. So the Loyalists lock themselves in from the mutineers, and Ed is like, well, I'm going to go get some help from the Wildlings. Alistair Thorne convinces the Night Watch, or no, he yeah he convenes them and he says I'm going to take responsibility, and everything that would have happened, the Wildlings would have destroyed the Night Watch. So now let's get into the storeroom, and it says if you don't surrender by nightfall, we're going to attack. Of course, Melisandre is all sullen, so she goes to sleep, and as she undresses, she takes off her ruby necklace. And it reveals that she's actually really friggin' old. And when she puts it back on, she goes young again. So what did you make of that scene, Dan? Creepy. (laughs) I mean, it's not as bad as the old rotting woman in The Shining, but... No. But it's a kid. I remember seeing the the picture of this in the past, so... Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I remember. You remember? I remember seeing that, that one one hot chick from this show is actually some old hag. Uh, episode two is home. So Bran is training to become the, or training with the Three-Eyed Raven. And I believe we finally get Max von Sydow as the Three-Eyed Raven yes, now. it is now Max von Sydow. Yes, because it wasn't the first I wonder, time. I wonder if that's why they didn't do any in season five. Because yeah, they're maybe. like... That, that Asian guy from the one last episode isn't going to work out. We need someone else. So he gets this vision. Here's young Eddard. There's Benjen. There's Lyanna Stark training together. And there's Willis. It's Hodor. He can talk. His name is Willis. He's still a bit of a simpleton, but he can he, he can do stuff. He's like, no, you can't stay in these memories. You'll drown in there. God. And Mira's watching with the Child of the Forest. She's like, Bran's going to need our help. He's able to better use these visions. <clears throat> uh, hunters sent after Sansa and Theon are dead. So Ramsey's like, well, 
she's going to go for John's protection. So let's storm Castle Black. And Roos is like, dude, the entire North would turn against us if you did that. And he's like, oh, and by the way, we have a son now. So Ramsay murders his father and then feeds Walda and the newborn to the hounds. Just uh, tell everybody that my father was poisoned by our enemy. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, Sansa does learn that Brienne saw Arya. And now she's completely confident that Brienne and Padra can protect her. So Theon states that he's going to go home. He's going to return to the twins and try to back to the Iron Islands. Because Yarya pretty much believes he's dead at this point. Well, she saw him alive, but it's not who he is. So we put the body in the Great Sept of Baylor. Here comes the High Sparrow. And Jamie threatens him. But of course, he's undaunted. And he says, the face militant has the power to overthrow an empire. Now Jamie's shaking his hell for that one. And they won't even let Cersei leave the Red Keep to go to the funeral. Because Tommen wants to protect her from the sparrows. And he goes, can you teach me how to be strong so I can protect the people I love? Man, you're fucking up a lot, kid. It's falling for the classic blunders. Yep. Uh, Balon Greyjoy is crossing a bridge when he encounters his brother Euron, and Euron throws him off the bridge to his death. So, Yara Greyjoy is swearing vengeance, but her uncle reminds him this position of successor is a result of the king's mood, a ceremony where the Ironborn elect their new leader. God, when they... When you learn how they... Oh, God. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Uh, Arya is still being defeated, and that's when Jaqen arrives and tempts her with food betting in the return of her vision. But even though she refuses, he still says follow her, because he no longer you no longer have to live on the streets. <clears throat> uh, the masters have retaken Astapor and Young Kai. So Tyrion learns this. He goes, they're going to need the dragons to defend Marine. So, he goes to free them. <laughs> Don't eat the help! I'm a friend of your mother's. Yep. But they, so they do actually allow him to unshackle them, and... And he goes up to the top and he tells Varys that if I ever have a stupid idea like that again... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good comedy that goes on here. Him and Varys are like the team, man. I fucking love Varys. Uh, Davos and the Loyalists are gathering around Jon's body and they're ready for the attack, but here comes that big-ass giant with Tormund by his side. Ed's there, he's got an army of wildlings, and the mutineers are surrendered and are locked away. Uh, Melisandre is going to attempt to resurrect John, and basically, 
you think that it's going to be a failure, but he's like, well, no, you resurrected Beric Dondarrion six friggin' times. But this is my favorite part because everybody one by one leaves thinking she failed and the only one who doesn't leave is Ghost, who knows that she succeeded. And the last scene is John waking up. The classic jump scare of a thought dead person taking a breath. <laughs> yep, it's the last scene too. <clears throat> so, Oathbreaker... So more Bran going on here. He's looking at all these other stuff. He's watching... I mean, at least the Bran stuff this season is like we're filling in backstory. Yeah. That, that is in, kind of informative, you know? That was desperately needed. Right, because there's a... Because there's a very big reveal in like the ninth episode. And you're just like, well, what the fuck? Yup. Because they're... They're showing the climax of Robert's Rebellion. And he's like, well, Rhaegar Targaryen, the Mad King, have been killed. So why was Sir Arthur not present at the Battle of Triad? And he's like, well, because I was ordered to stay in the tower. Well, where's Lyanna? And here goes the battle. Sir Arthur actually defeats most of the guys by himself, but he ends up getting killed. And then Eddard delivers the fatal blow. So you're getting a lot more Ned Stark now. With young, like a lot of young Ned Stark happening, which is pretty cool. The Three-Eyed Raven explains that the rest of the vision is intended for another time. But Bran's like, no. And he's calling out to Ned. And he and this, turns around and looks at him. Yeah, this is when you realize that he can actually uh, fuck with stuff in the past. And he does. Oh, he does. We'll get to that. <laughs> And he does fuck with it, and he fucks up with it. Yep. It was... I remember... Let's see. We're not there yet. We're not not there there yet. yet. Let's save it. Let's save it, because I got got thoughts, too. Oh, God, I got thoughts. (laughs) So, when they get to Old Town, Sam's like, well, Gilly... He tells Gilly, he's like, women are not welcome in the Citadel. So I'm going to leave you at my family at Horn Hill while I train to be a maester. But you and little Sam are all that really matter to me. <clears throat> Back at Winterfall, we get Small John Umber meets with Ramsay and Harold Karstark, because the Karstarks are involved. He's like, I really hated Roose Bolton, but... I want an ally with the Boltons to destroy these wildlings that John's setting, setting out there. So I got a gift for you. Check it out. I captured Rickon Stark in Osha. And he's like, okay, Smart, that's... He's fu- like, so I, I know you killed your father. Uh, he was poisoned by our enemies? Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, how can you prove that this is a Stark? And he presents the, the dire wolf head. The head of the wolf. Oh, man. Shaggy dog. Uh, Cersei and Jamie interrupt the small council meeting, led by Kevin. Kevin, freaking Kevin! I love this because they like they they do the big flex, and he's like, "Well, we're here, so you just got to have the meeting in front of us." And then they all just leave anyway. And then just like, yeah, that's yeah. The, I love that. You thought you had the power move, <laughs> and then Tommen's like, "I demand that my mother see 
see her, my sister's grave, and the High Sparrow's like, yeah, once she's atoned for her sins and face trial. And he's like, wait, I thought the whole naked walking around thing was it. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, not it. That was only step one of a multi-step process. <laughs> Uh, Arya reveals to the waif that she took the hound off her kill list, her kill list before she left him to die. And you're like, why? <laughs> yeah. She goes, like, so what's your name? A girl with no name. And he he offers the poisonous water, but she doesn't die. She gets her sight restored. Situational water. That's basically what it is. It's it's a uh, it's that's it's a uh, yeah. It's MacGuffin water, basically. MacGuffin water. Deus ex water. Deus ex water. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Danny is escorted to meet with Dash Kalin, the elder. I sympathize with what's happened here, but uh, you know. We got other stuff to worry about here. So, what do you want to do with her? Eh, we'll let her stay here. It's fine. I had the whole thing. It's like, gonna, we're going to fuck you. And then we're going to let the, the horses fuck you. And then you're going to die. And she's like, how dare you? I was married to Khal Drogo. <laughs> oh, shit. So Varys is doing an, an interrogation. She's like, well, I can't give you information. The Sons of the Harpy will kill me. Well, how about this? I'll give you safe passage to Pentos in exchange for information. <clears throat> and that's when he explains to everybody that the slave masters have been financing the Sons of the Harpy. So military action will leave Marine defenseless. So we're going to have to just hunt these guys down. So send the little birds and give them a message. <clears throat> uh, Davos and Melisandre greet John. She's like, the religion prophesizes the, re the return of a historic prince and suggests the prince may not be Stannis. It actually could be you, John. And Tormund says, now the wildlings think you're a friggin' god. <laughs> so they're pretty much going to do anything you want. Then that's when John takes the people who stabbed him and he hangs them. And he gives them all a chance to say their final words. And he just looks at Ollie and Ollie just looks at him and doesn't say anything. So he pulls the trigger, he hangs them all, and then he departs from the Night Watch saying that his oath has been fulfilled. Oh, what a great ending. Yeah, man. And we're only in the third episode. So we go on to Book of the Stranger here, the fourth episode. <clears throat> so John says he's going to head south. And he's disillusioned by the betrayal of his fellow Night's Watchmen and all this endless fighting. This is when Sansa arrives at Castle Black with Brienne and Podrick. And finally, she's reunited with her brother. So they tell all these other stories. She goes, you know what you should do? You should you should retake Winterfell. He's like, uh, no. And she gets mad and she's like, 
Well, then fine. I'll do it. Look, either take back Winterfell with me, or I'll just do it myself, so. And guess what? She ends up doing it herself, really, actually. <laughs> and that's when Brienne informs Davos that uh, she's the one that actually killed Stannis. And a letter arrives from Ramsay saying that he's got Rickon and demands Sansa's return. He says, otherwise, the Boltons are going to exterminate the wildlings, they're going to kill Rickon, and we're going to gang rake Sansa while forcing Jon to watch before they kill him, too. So finally, Jon's like, all right, I'll help you retake Winterfell. And Tormund's like, the wildlings are going to be outnumbered. And he's like, well... You're the son of Eddard Stark, so go unite the North against Ramsay. Now John's on a mission. So Oshi gets brought before Ramsay. He's like, so why were you helping Rickon? And she's like, well, I intended to betray Rickon. And then attempts to seduce Ramsay and almost succeeds in killing him. But, nah, not going to happen. He ends up killing her. Because he's already had this plot tried on him by Theon, so he was one step ahead. This is the season where Ramsay becomes the bigger villain than Joffrey ever was. Because you realize he's much more sadistic than Joffrey. Joffrey was just, he was a spoiled kid. Ramsay's actually like a Sado. He's like a kid that's like, doesn't realize the difference between a video game and real life. Yeah. But Ramsey's just like, oh no, I I fully understand. Oh, I fully understand <laughs> that how this works. I'm like, having a blast with he's this. He's just like, oh no, they're all underneath me. They're not. They're not like. They're not real people. You know. That's <laughs> oh, sorry, son of a bitch. So Meanwhile, of Dario and Jora are trying to get into the Dothraki city. Yes, they are. Daenerys. Uh, we also have the, the plot line with Marjorie, where she keeps telling Loras, you gotta stay strong, because the High Sparrow's still trying to break her. And Elena actually pledges her army to defeat the Sparrows. But Cersei actually convinced Kevin to do this. Because he'll get his son back once the Sparrows are defeated. And of course, here's Littlefinger. He's back at the Vale. So how did Sansa become married to Ramsay instead of traveling to the Fingers? And he's like, well, Roose Bolton's men kidnapped her. And then he implies that he knows where they're going. And then he convinces Robin Aaron to execute Lord Royce. There's only one person that knew I was going to, I was going to do that. And that was you! <laughs> He also tells Robin that Sansa escaped the Boltons, is taking refuge at Castle Black, but she's still not safe. So Robin says he will command the Knights of the Vale to protect Sansa. And that will lead her all. It is your cousin. Exactly. Uh, Yara does not forgive Theon for not coming after her assault on the Dreadfort. And 
she's like, you're just here because you want the throne. No, I just heard the news. But yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll back you up. Why not? Uh, Tyrion tries to arrange a diplomatic meeting, even though he is told not to do this. He wants... He says, I'm going to give you seven years to transition away from slavery while compensating the masters for any losses. In return, the masters will cease their support of the Sons of the Harpy. But he gets confronted. They oppose all this negotiation. And they're just like, just so you know, they're going to use you. So you've been warned theme of the show they're going to use you and you have been warned <laughs> that that could have been the title of this fucking show <laughs> uh like dan was saying jorah and dario are there they're hiding their weapons because they're not allowed in the city oh but dario's really attached to this one uh dagger of his and she's like well i can't get out because there's ten thousand dothraki present in the city but I have a different plan. So she sends them before the gathered calls to hear the fate. She regales her tail. And then she kills them all. Because they're going to gang knocks up. over all the, all the little fires. All yep. over the place. And they barred the doors. And everyone sees the giant room, giant building in the middle. Of everybody, it's on fire. And you hear people screaming and dying. And everyone's watching. And she walks out. Oh, it's such a badass scene. Alright, episode five, The Door. This is when we, we're going to have a discussion at the end of this one. <laughs> this must be discussed. So let's get the other stuff out of the way real quick. <laughs> So, there's an actress named Lady Crane that's playing Cersei in this encountering oh, play of the Five yeah. Kings. And she's... Arya gets pissed because the guy's portraying Ned Stark is portraying him as some bumbling oaf. Jorah does reveal to Daenerys that he has grayscale. And he admits that he loves her. And she goes, well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go find a cure. That's an order. And then you'll come back to me. Yeah. And then you'll come back to me. So that's where Jorah's leaving now. So there is tentative peace right now in Marine. We're like, well, how are we going to do this? Well, bring in the Red Priestess. Daenerys is the chosen one to the Lord of Light. And she knows what originally happened to Varys and why. Oh, yeah. She, like, reveals shit about the, the warlock and the... Oh my god. Uh, Yara claims the throne to the Iron Islands, but Euron shows up. He goes, nope, they're mine. Nope, you killed our father. And he goes, you're damn right I did. Damn right I did. <laughs> I'm going to conquer Westeros. I'm going to marry Daenerys. And I'm going to give her the Iron Fleet. And, and, <laughs> and it's, he gets chosen as king. Yeah, but the people aren't behind him, but the power is behind him. Yes. 
<clears throat> so, when Theon and Yara realize he's going to have him killed anyway, they just take off with the best ships that they got. But because, yeah, and and the people. <laughs> and he's just like, "Oh well, we're going to build another one." Yeah, that's the okay. So, uh, getting uh, for that, but is dead may no longer die. Now we know why, because they fucking drown you when you become king, <laughs> and whether or not you spin it up and come back to life is whether or not you become king. <laughs> Just, which is so... Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, I get it, because you actually drowned to death. Okay, cool. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so Sansa confronts Littlefinger about the whole marrying Ramsay thing. And he's like, well, I didn't know Ramsay was going to be like that. Please forgive me, Sansa. Littlefinger begging for forgiveness is a, also a theme. Well, how about this? The Vale's going to help you. Take back Winterfall. She goes, no, I don't want the Vale's help. Well, what about the Blackfish? He's got River Run. He's got the Tully army. And she's like, all right. So he leaves, and as soon as he leaves, she's like, hey, Brienne, go get me the blackfish and they're having that discussion John Sands and Davos about attacking Winterfell and they're like well let's go to the other castles in the north and let's recruit some people and now oh god we're finally going to talk about this the scene in Game of Thrones that fucked me up the hardest here we go oh Okay. Oh, okay. So first, all right, I'm ready. All right. So first things first, we see the children of the forest creating the Night King. So that's the first thing that we see. He was impaled by one of the first men with a dragon glass dagger. And she's like, "Well, we were at war with the first men. We had no choice. This is why this happened. They were tearing down our forests and blah blah blah." blah. Then he goes and he watches a vision without the three-eyed raven. Yeah, he just in the middle of the night, he just goes off by himself, like fucking, what's his face, grabbing the palentier in the middle of the night. Fuck everything up, why don't you? Yep, because everybody's, he sees this huge army and they touch him and he goes, well, now the Night King is able to find you. So he immediately starts transferring his knowledge because here comes an army of whites. Because, oh, wait, they're already here. <laughs> you dumb They've been there the whole time. <laughs> and so now, while Bran is in this other state, Threadraven is pleading with him to listen to Mira because she's screaming at him. We need your help. You need to take over Hodor so he can become a badass. And that's exactly what he does. He splits his vision so he can take off, and everybody starts escaping. And holy crap... Dude, Summer falls trying to defend him. All the children end up falling because they get pretty much blown up. The one gets, like, attacked in the Thing of Whites and basically sets off the grenade. Yeah. And then the only thing left to do is he gets out the other mind of the... Oh, the Three-Eyed Raven dies because they kill him while he's in that vision. And Bran watches it happen. And now he realizes that he's forged a connection with the past and the present. And while this is happening, Hodor is holding the door. 
and Mira's screaming, hold the door. And Bran's looking at Willis, and Willis is looking at him, and he just collapses to the ground and has a seizure. And is just screaming, hold the door, while everybody's running to his side in horror. And Bran just stands there and watches. And when I realized what was happening... Is Bran is making him retarded. And that... Took his opportunity of a normal life away before he even had a chance. Yeah, when his father was still a teenager. <laughs> like, holy Ugh. shit. And he's the second youngest born to him, too. Oh, my God. We, we have to... And now all he can say is Hodor, which is a bastardization of Hold the Door. And we learn his origin story while we watch him die. This scene fucked and me up. And watch him become retarded on the other side. Like, what the... Dude, this scene fucked my head up. Literally, I just... I remember turning off the TV and sitting there in silence for, like, a good five minutes. <clears throat> and I'm just like... I need to wipe the tears away from my face. Like, what the fuck? I know, Brian, dude. you son of a bitch! That was, that was the single most... Yeah, that was the roughest death in Game of Thrones. Up until that moment, the only other, like, sad thing that, like, has really made me feel anything was the dog from Futurama. Oh. <laughs> not even from the show. Yeah. <laughs> not even from the show. No, no. I, I, there was really nothing in this show that made me feel super, super sad. Up until then. Dude. Odor. God damn, dude. I've I've never like fully recovered from that. Have you seen the I'm memes? I'm tearing up now. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, dude. Like when I think about like scenes that still bring my ass to tears. I mean, uh, Jurassic Park is always going to is always going to do it. Jurassic Park was rough. But yeah, Hold the Door was probably the saddest moment in all of Game of Thrones. And that includes the episode still to come. Like, Jesus Christ. That is a gut punch that they hit you with. There's only been a handful of, like, moments of, in television that have, like, brought me to tears. And it, that's easily in my top three. Oh, God. Like, yeah. honestly, I think it's number one. What about Rose Tyler? I uh, didn't bring me the tears. Um, it was kind of like it was sad. Don't get me wrong, but it didn't bring me the tears. About the things that brought me to tears are it was that um, the the dog for whatever fucking reason, uh, and I guess the other one's kind of a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. I am Legend. Uh, I am Legend didn't do anything for me. I was I was in tears because I watched the movie. <laughs> I like when he had to like take out his own dog. Oh, okay, Samantha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. I was just thinking of the movie as a whole. No, 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 no not the movie as a whole. Oh, you but... want you know what scene gets me still to this day? I I can't watch it without hardcore like like swelling up in the eyes. Like Fresh Prince. How come he don't want me, man? 
Oh shit! Yeah, that was Jesus okay, Christ. That, that is that's a, definitely my top five. That's a punch to the gut. That's was, a punch. Or, uh, like, he wasn't acting. He was literally talking about his actual father. Yeah, just scrubs. Uh, uh, um, when Doctor Cox, like friend, dies, but you don't know about it because like the whole episode has him in it, and it's just him kind of going through. Ooh. Yeah, that was there. a rough one, too. Scrubs is another one where you think you're going to laugh, and then one day you're just like, fuck you, Scrubs. Simpsons got me once. Oh, really? Which one? When Homer's mother leaves, and he has to say goodbye to her. And he's the whole credit scene is him just sitting on the hood of his car looking at the stars. That one got me. Simpsons got me the once, and they did a damn good job of it, too. You don't get too many good emotional moments on The Simpsons. That one always worked. That one did it, though. Because his, mo- his mom's on the run from the law because she sabotaged a germ chemical plant that Mr. Burns was in charge of. And he's still out to get her. And when he realizes she's still alive and she's still out there, they come and they seize the house. Like, they, they have a reunion. He hasn't seen his mother in how many years? He always thought she was dead. He thought she died when he was a kid, and she comes back because she thinks that he died. Because he fakes his own death to get out of work for the day. (laughs) Because, you know, Homer Simpson. And... I haven't tried that. Yeah. Alright, so, we're we're running late on this episode now. And I know we still have half a season to go, but I'd rather just save it because I can't come back from Hold the Door. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we still got hold, five more episodes but hold the door was jesus christ like you I'm, imagine if they just end, like if they ended the season there <sighs> i don't know if i would have came back to watch the fucking show uh, i'm like no you do not fucking leave it there oh my god yeah good god but what an amazing like Backstory, Phil episode. Holy fuck. It was a ride. So I guess that's a good way to end the episode is to just kind of just discuss other things that other scenes that made you cry. Like I'm thinking about I'm thinking about like big franchises and stuff that I've seen a, a bunch of times. I'm trying to think of stuff that would still actually get me to this day. Nothing in Harry Potter ever did it. Uh, the end of Return of the King chokes me up when Frodo says goodbye, because you didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah, it's kind- all about, we're sending Bilbo, we're sending Bilbo. It's and they all kind of turn to her like, what's he talking about, Frodo? And he says his goodbyes and leaves the book for Sam to complete. Um, oh, you know, here's another one that gets me, Armageddon, when Bruce Willis says goodbye to his daughter. Oh, yeah. That's a rough scene. I don't want to close my eyes. That one's rough. I mean, like, I'm thinking about, like... Okay, so I've, I think I've mentioned this on a past episode. Mufasa's death never did a thing for me. It was just one of those things where I kind of... Even as a kid, I kind of rolled my eyes. I'm like, of course they're killing the dad. Because it's Disney. But you know what still gets me? Fucking Wreck-It Ralph going to sacrifice himself to save Vanellope's life. 
where he's plummeting to he or he's plummeting to where he knows he's going to die, and he's clutching the medal in his hand and reciting the bad guy speech to himself. I'm like, why are video game characters making me cry? This is not how this is supposed to work. As a whole, has a way of just making you tear up in general. Like, I don't even want to get started with like Toy Story three, the dumpster scene. It wasn't the dumpster scene because I knew that they weren't going to kill the characters off. But it was uh, Andy saying goodbye to his toys. Because it's like the the official closing chapter. Toy Story 4's existence made me cry. <laughs> I don't know. It was... Like, they could have ended it with 3 and that, that would have been fine. Toy Story 4, I, I, I kind of don't... It, it doesn't exist, in my opinion. It's not bad. It's just... Thank God Key and Peele were in it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think I could have handled it otherwise. Toy Story 4 didn't need to exist. Correct. I mean, we, we all know Pixar's the king of making you cry. Yeah, remember Up? Yeah, first 15 minutes of Up is just, well, fuck your feelings. It's like, okay, well. I'm telling you the entire story of this relationship. All right, is everybody is everybody done crying? Okay, good. No, yeah. no, because I'm going to say the part that makes you cry the most is when they never they never got to do their big adventure, but it was okay because she considered their life together to be the big adventure. Yep. God damn it! I've seen those videos too, where it's like scenes that made you cry the hardest, and I'll always look up like what they are. And it's usually the same stuff you expect to see, and it's it's always the collection of, yup, that did it, or nah, that didn't do it. Or, you're yeah. high, you're high thinking that made you cry, but... Uh, to be honest, the whole episode of, um, of, like, Fry and his brother. Yeah, that's that's another one, too. Luck of the Fryish is another one that gets Come me. On. Just freaking. Emo- all, every emotion in that episode because you get pissed at the brother you stole his fucking life you son of a bitch and then you realize and like, oh no it's it's his son it's an ode to his brother you stole his life you son of a bitch <laughs> son of a bitch yeah that's oh god <laughs> I've seen that meme too where it's like watch Futurama they said it's gonna be a funny show they said and it's all the sad scenes combined because there's so many of them <laughs> They are. Futurama always knew how to hit you. And it's coming back. Without John DiMaggio. I mean... Hey, he stood up for himself. They gotta get he, said, they... he said, I'm worth more money than you're willing to pay me. He said the whole yeah. cast is. It's not my fault that they were willing to come back for less than they deserved. I can't. I can't disagree with that. That's true. So hey, I can't I can't deny the man. I wonder what they're gonna do though. Well, here's the thing. I've heard it's I've heard Kermit's voice recast how many times now? And it's obvious it's not the original Kermit the Frog, but at the same time it sounds a lot like the original Kermit the Frog. So maybe 
they're going to get somebody who's going to sound a lot like Bender, and it might be noticeable, but it might not be a huge deal. You'll get used to it after a few episodes. I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm not happy about it, but I'm willing to give it a shot. All right, so if you guys were hoping for, like, a good generalized talk... Oh, and holy crap, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I just found... I just found the scene with there's Will and Uncle Phil. I'm like, nope, not watching that. Every goddamn time. I can't watch that scene. Every time. Oh, it's so rough, man. Because it's raw emotion. And they just let him vent it. They basically just let him vent it out and just... That's what makes the scene so perfect, though. He's he's venting it out and Uncle Phil just lets him get it out. Because that's what he needed. One of the first time that this TV, this sitcom that's somewhat about his actual life was completely real. Yeah. Didn't every sitcom did something sad at some point, though? They all did. I mean, even all in the family. When Edith gets attacked. Like, they've, there have been rough scenes all over the place. But hold the door holds up as far as being a rough scene. I think I'm just going to title this episode, Hold the Door. That was, yeah, I was like, you know, going through, and then like, next episode is The Door, and I was like, okay, I haven't seen it, but I know enough about it. (laughs) Oh, you knew going in? Because we did it. (laughs) No! I didn't know what was going to happen. Well, because you guys were watching as it aired, right? Or like the next day. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know shit about game. The only thing I... Okay, so there were two things I knew about Game of Thrones before I started watching. And, of course, the show hadn't ended yet. But there were two things I was aware of. One, I knew... Red Ned's, Wedding? Red Wedding and Ned Stark were the two things I knew were going to happen. I didn't know Ned Stark was going to die in the first season. <laughs> I thought he died at the end of the first episode. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew that was a thing. And I, I had always known about the Red Wedding, that there was a there was a huge bloody wedding. Although... I didn't know specific details about it. Like, I didn't know it was going to be Caitlyn Stark and Rob Stark. And I didn't know that that Rob's pregnant betrothed was going to get stabbed to death first. Like, I just knew that there was a huge massacre that took place at a wedding. But I didn't know when or where it was going to happen. And then... You you, you realize it when you get to the episode and you, you see them, like, shutting the doors and everything and... Caitlin realizes what's happening, and she realizes that, like, Bruce Bolton's got armor on. He's got chainmail on. So, yeah, we, yeah. Good stuff, though. All right, so we'll finish uh, Season 6 of Game of Thrones in two weeks when we return to the Nerd Table next week. More video content coming your way. Possibly more video content during the week. Uh... If Eric and I can get together and shoot another episode of 20 Pictures, maybe we will. Maybe Dan and I will do another Wrestle Talk this week. I have had some other fun topics coming up with WrestleMania around the corner. Dan and I were going to go through the history of WrestleMania and determine if the main event was the correct move or if another match should have gone on last. We're also going to do an analysis of WrestleMania's opening matches. To hear that, though, you got to become a patron at patreon.com slash club kayfabe. And... I do want to quickly apologize to the patrons. They did not get early access on the wrestling video. And that was because the copyright strike held it from publishing for a couple days. So I will, 
if something goes up and doesn't get a strike, you're still getting your early access. But if that happens, then it's probably just going to publish when it is. Uh, but we'll get more stuff up there. You will get early access to new episodes of 20 Pictures, though. So enjoy. How long was it up before it got struck? Oh, immediately, while it was still uploading. Oh, really? Yeah. It got struck before it even published. Both episodes did. But the music video episode only got struck by saying, hey, there's copyright material in this. You can't monetize this episode. And I said, and they go, what do you want to do? And I said, okay. And I agreed to it. And I, I clicked the agreement button. And that, But the other one was, you can't publish this because there's copyright material in it. But it was only two minutes of actual footage, not the whole thing. Uh, that was 12 minutes. No, it was, it was only from the 20 to the 22 mark. I thought. It was what like was, 20 to, was the 20 to the to the 32 mark. Oh, it was, it was it to, al- almost the entire match. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's fine cuz it got it got approved and it it went up, so I wonder if it's because we like maybe next time we should put our faces on top of the video instead of having it in a corner. Uh, that's the way. That's the way most people do it. They don't. They don't have it on the video at all. I mean, I've seen people put it on the video really, really tiny. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, it's whatever. I mean, we got it. We got it going. So clearly, it's not that big of an issue. Well, I mean, it is. And I was just trying to think of other ways to like maybe do it and not uh, have it not get struck almost immediately. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would be nice. That would be a, a great way of doing it. Actually, uh, I just went to our page and it looks like the video actually got taken down because I don't even Uh-oh. see it listed anymore. So they must have, uh, yeah, they must have decided that that was that was going to be too much. What if I put like a watermark over the video, like it's the CKCC video watermark over it, enough that you can kind of see what's still happening, but not enough that it'll block it. So you can still sort of follow along. I could try doing that. Maybe we could do something a little bit more interactive. Maybe if we like pause the match and, and be like, this is what they did and explain and then talk a little bit and then play and then pause and play and pause. Yeah, I think uh, there, are, there are definitely ways around stuff. Uh, I just think that's one of those things where like, I just have to kind of figure out the what the trick is going to be to uh, to to make it happen. Once I figure that out, then uh, then maybe we'll be able to get somewhere with this. Uh, I will attempt to uh, I will attempt to uh, to re-upload it with a uh, with a watermark on it and see if that makes a difference. Uh, if it does, great, and if not. You know, then we'll find a different way to host those videos. But do that. Yeah. All right, but that pretty much wraps up this week's edition of the Nerd Table. We'll see you guys again in two weeks, and we'll see you next week from new video content. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. See ya. This has been another episode of the Nerd Table on CKCC Radio. Check out all the shows at CKCCRadio.com and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.